do it for the chains and the flashing rocks. I do it for hip hop. I do it for hip hop. I do it for hip hop. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose, 877-37-GRIND. All right, so we haven't had a chance to get to it, but we've got to look at There's been some uh, big moves and trades that even happened yesterday we haven't get to. We've got trades that's went down. I know I just saw on Facebook Live some people trying to make uh, bring my attention. I know Jonas has been knowing about it for the last hour or two and didn't let me know, but I know you know we've been going back and forth on that. But I know real quick before we look at the trade, I know uh, Kansas City Rob just messaged me, and Rob said that um, – if they go point guard, if they go point, or he says Spurs could draft uh, small four slash power forward six seven Jalen Wilson from Kansas. He can shoot, play defense. He was a dog in him too. He stayed another year to improve his shot. Spurs worked him out last year. Get him early in the second round. If they go point, Marcus, uh, what was that? Marcus Cesar, Cesar from Houston. Probably butchered his last name, but could be an option played in the huge part of the Krugers run last year. Then got hurt. But there's, I mean, and Rob knows his Jayhawks, but it's something about uh, the kid we were talking about before. What's his, what's the guy's name again? Grady Dick. Yeah, so there's something. I mean, he can shoot in his size. So, I, in my opinion, I think the Spurs need some Grady Dick. You know, that's what I would think. Pause. That didn't even sound right. But, yeah, that's, that's what they, they need some of that in their life. But, anyway, um, Let's get to the trades because I because we're, 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 there's some pigskin stuff I want to get to. But again, this is the this is the NBA draft for the last few years since it's been free agency and trade. The NBA I keep forgetting how they steal some of that summer before we get pads on. Uh, but before we get to the trade that just happened a couple hours ago, I want to touch on the one that went final last night between the Wizards and the Celtics that saw Przingis opt into his deal but find himself in Boston and has Marcus Smart going to the Wizards, correct? Um, no, Marcus Smart is going to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, that's right, the Grizzlies. Right, it was three to the Grizzlies. Okay, the only thing I'll say on that is, and I had it in the docket, again, it's been a theme about reading the room. And the guys in the suit, and look, I, you know, I, I, look, I was down with Brad Stevens at Butler, okay, when he almost beat Duke in the finals. He, I was with him when he was a coach. I was championing him on this show. Then he moves to the front office. But I've always said, do you read the room right and do you read the locker room right? You Only time will tell, but you have to wonder, did Boston make a mistake by taking what has been the vocal leader, the dog, in that locker room, Marcus Smart. That I mean, that's that's all I got to say about that. Time will tell, but when I saw this, I was like, you know what, Marcus Smart. Like, I get it, but when you were down 3-0, who stepped up to talk? When you were talking about last year, and this is a guy with the edge. I've already told you, Tatum. I think he's all world. I take Tatum in any team that I have interest before, especially in the silver black. But Tatum, until otherwise, is borderline a front runner. Jalen Brown, I mean, they've got some decisions to make between, because first of all, you can, in my opinion, you can't tie up 300 and some million dollars between Tatum and Brown. You just can't do it. But my point is, I hope they didn't misread the room by trading one of the heart and souls 
of that locker room, speaking of Marcus Smart. So it's happened in other sports, man. I've seen it happen, you know, and that can happen. I've seen a historic defense get ripped apart because the guy that was the face of the organization for 20, 30-some years that said, oh, well, you know what? They don't need T.J. Ward. He can go. Ripped it apart. That's the basically a, a iconic defense. It happens. And that's the thing that comes to mind to that. So moving on. Go ahead. You want to add something to that, or you, what, what do you want? Well, yeah. On on the note of Marcus Smart in Boston, it comes down to a point of too many cooks in the kitchen, and kind of like you're talking about warning San Antonio about trying to get one of these free agents. You have to know who your leader is, and sometimes that just has to allow be your best player. Tatum takes a bit of flack for maybe not stepping up enough, and maybe and Marcus Smart is doing that a little bit too much potentially off the bench. So this could be Missoula looking for more accountability. From one of his two stars, it's going to start making that $350 million for their all-NBA tags. Um, that This could just be a piece of that, too. Sure, it might open up a little. You know, you got Porzingis' contract to work in there and everything, but it could help for the future contracts with Jalen Brown and, and, and Tatum. But it also could be a matter of too many voices, too many cooks in the kitchen, and Marcus Smart, sometimes his attitude on the court can just get a little can, can derail things. Um, the, you you see the looks that he gives and the frustration that he gets, and sometimes that, that that's a good thing because he cares a lot, and he's gonna bring that down to Memphis to where they could maybe use a more veteran voice instead of a Dylan Brooks poking the bear and, and LeBron James and and Ja doing what he's what he's doing. Uh, Marcus Smart can maybe bring a little bit more accountability and be the leader in that room, and then Missoula gets more accountability from his stars that are gonna be making stupid money in Boston. I don't know about that, Jonas. I, I don't know. I think this is a, this is a Marcus Smart was a rock in that locker room. I, that's all I'm gonna say. They had the, evidently Brad Stevens. They felt that they had to move him for whatever reason. I mean, Porzingis. I get it. You get him in Boston. You're looking at if, even if we get out of the East and you think Denver's waiting for us. You look at what Gordon did for Denver. Porzingis is a guy that if he can stay healthy, he's got a shot. I get all that. You left. The heart and soul, in my opinion, especially on the defensive side of the ball, basically a Marcus Smart, and you you pretty much treated him like a sacrificial lamb. But let's move on. What do you got? What do you think about the addition of Porzingis, though? No, I think Porzingis, I, I can't do that at the expense of Marcus Smart. I'm not going to sit here and act like the Przingis trade. I mean, Przingis going to Boston can't help. I mean, it's going to give him another score. It could take some pressure if he stays healthy, can take some pressure off of Tatum. But I can't make that move, you know, with the sacrifice of the market smart. People got to understand, dude, it's whether you're talking about the National Football or NBA, it's usually about those other glue guys, the glue guys, the guys that's in the trenches. Okay? That we're not talking about the executives, we're talking about the guys that make the company go, the little people. That that that's why I say it's a wait to be seen situation. But moving on, but you're letting me know that we've got a, a another trade that went down a couple hours ago that I missed, and what do we got with that? Well, the big one, because we've had a few, mostly not involving players, some just jockeying for position. Uh, today, you know, Lakers moving up in the second round, you know, swapping picks with the Pacers, who got their pick from the Denver Nuggets, who did another trade, um, you know, for, for picks. But the big one today, uh, Chris Paul is on the move. And this is being roped into, or, or kind of grouped into, rather, the Wizards trade from the other day. Uh, Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors. Wizards acquiring Jordan Poole. 
uh, and a twenty and a they uh, the Warriors twenty thirty first round pick, which is going to be top twenty protected, and the tw- and a twenty twenty seven second round pick from the Warriors. Wow. Well, first thing that comes to mind, very simple. And Jonas and I had this conversation in October of last year. August. We had it in August. We had it in the middle of the year. And and I kind of told you. And and really what this looks like to me, um, Dunleavy, now that just took over for their departing GM and Steve Kerr and ownership, they chose Draymond Green over Jordan Poole. Like I figured they would. And don't tell me, well, Calvin, Draymond Green opted out. I get that. And I told you also yesterday that um, regardless of him vacation in France with LeBron and their close friends, I still feel when you're part of a dynasty, it's going to make you hard to leave. And also I told you that um, I think ownership also let Draymond Green know that, look, we want you back. We don't want you at that number. And in the same breath, I think Draymond Green let them know about how he felt about Jordan Poole and the chemistry and the situation in regards how it cost them possibly another back-to-back title. So even though the youth, because I remember you asking me and put, are you sure? I was like, yeah, a hundred. I don't care what they get. If it came to rubber meet the road, they were going to choose Draymond and they did. Um, And, you know, for the whole idea of Chris Paul, look, if you're a basketball fan, unless you hate Chris Paul or you because I, I feel and I don't love Chris Paul, but unless you hate Chris Paul. But if you are a basketball fan, how could you not want to see him get a ring? I mean, I don't understand what he I mean, that's the only thing Chris Paul is playing for. That guy's made a buku money. He's one of the biggest spokesmen for farmers insurance or state farm insurance. For years, he's made a lot of money. He's he's had in a title. I think he's been part of a players' association. He's had some high title of representing the players. So, giving an opportunity to go into an organization and a head coach that knows about winning, yes, I, I could see him being okay, cool. If if I could, because there was rumors that maybe he could go back to the Clippers, you know, the Lakers, which I could kind of see that stuff. But you're going with Golden State now. I don't think Golden State's done. Because I, I believe that, you know, and, and again, they're in a cap situation. It's going to be, you know, and I think Draymond, if he comes back, is going to be at a lower number. But I think also they need to improve a little bit still on their depth. Okay. But I think Chris Paul, you know, in that situation, and I understand this really comes down to health. But keep in mind, I've told you, every training staff in the NBA and professional sports and doctors, they always think theirs is better than the next. So meaning like, hey, we know Chris Paul gets hurt. We've had Hampshire. Get him over here. We'll take him. We'll get him on a pitch count. We'll get, you know, this and that. So that's where I look. But make no mistake about it. And and you're going to – I mean, look at the age disparity that they traded for Chris Paul and Jordan Poole. That'll tell you all you need to know this was about, about – 10 years. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about 10 years. So that tells you right there all you need to know that they were willing to sacrifice that because they pretty much – you know, I'll even let you call it an escape goat. I can even let you call it using Jordan Poole as a scapegoat. I don't care what you call it. They chose Draymond Green over Jordan Poole, period. And I honestly don't blame them. Because I do feel – now, the only thing I will say, because I know I've been the one talking up the organization, they're running laps around everybody, batting a 1,000. The only thing I will say, Jonas, is that is this something maybe you should have done 
if you were going to, if we knew that, because I think this was on the discussions once the punch was thrown in training camp, meaning like, can, do we got to move one of these guys? So my question is, don't you think, and my gut feels, is this a situation that if you know this was being discussed or you were going to move forward to do this, is this something that possibly that you should have done by the trade deadline last year? Or is it one of those things like we're going to give this team an opportunity to defend their title and maybe they can work through it? I mean, I don't know. I look at it in real time now. I'm thinking like, man, if you're really going to trade him for Chris Paul, and I don't care if he's playing alongside of Stephen Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, and coached by Steve Kerr, he's got maybe two years tops left or next year. So my question is, did they make this move maybe too late, especially considering you're doing a 10-year age gap to just get because this is one of those things whether they took a vote or where the bottom line is we've got to get Jordan Poole out and I told and I came in here a lot of times said there's never been an athlete that I talked so high above when he was when I was saying hey he should have been comeback player or, or most improved player of the year he got robbed and Jordan Poole to last year I was like you know I can't stand Jordan Poole I can just look and just say hey, he plays around too much and it's just that and this is going to be a humbling experience for Jordan Poole I guarantee you Jordan Poole going to act a lot different they sent him to the Wizards is that where he going yeah, yeah, he's gonna act a lot different down there because it's gonna you. You've been humbled. You about to be part of a big rebuild, okay? But do you think they maybe should have made this deal at the trade deadline? Not necessarily for Chris Paul, but moving Jordan Poole on. Not so much, uh, because I feel like that could have changed their narrative a little bit too much. Uh, I mean, Jordan Poole, for for what it's worth, averaged twenty four points a game this last year. He had a rough. He had a rough postseason. But even you, even up to until Kerr acknowledged it in in the playoffs, even you said, "Nah, see, it looks like they're moving past it. It, move, it looks like they're they're able. You know, Kerr's, Kerr's one of the going going down as one of the goats for being able to keep this together. You know, so and, and then it came comes out later, and then Kerr addresses it in the postseason, especially after they got bounced, and it's like, yeah, it, it did wear on, wear on us. Hmm. This was one of those things that was a locker room issue. Um, and also, you know, is it. Could you have moved Jordan Poole a locker room piece like that at the trade deadline? Especially at, you're talking about a big contract number because he just got paid, and then you're and then where you still fit in contending in the West, and then other teams willing to take that price tag, and nobody wants to help the Warriors win another title either. All right, so I think that this one really this this is a good fit. They they added uh, Gary Payton Jr. GP two. Right during the trade deadline, they brought him in. So you, now you have a little bit more. Uh, you, if you keep Steph at the one and GP two coming off the bench at point guard, now you just have a little bit of depth. I think Chris Paul is going to bring you a good leader. The the cleansing, whether you, and I, I put air quotes around the Draymond Green opting out. You know, like you said the other day, we talked about with the Huggins situation. This could just be you know good optics for for Draymond. Yeah, we'll let you opt out, but we're not we're not bringing you back. But this is a cleansing of the locker room. Jordan Poole's gone. Draymond's gone. There's no. There, there is going to be no hangover residue because hey, remember, you, there's not going to be that whole. It, how did this impact how they were um, interacting with other players in the locker room? Did, did it divide the locker room? I have to be Draymond's friend. I have to be Jordan's friend. Hmm. Now you get rid of that entirely. So you're on record thinking you think Draymond's not coming back. To I don't think he's coming back to Golden State because it also look at where they're at with how they've drafted recently and. You do have to. Uh, they're contending, but they're also looking forward as well. This is going. Draymond gone is going to put more pressure on Kaminga. Okay, somebody who's being floated around as potential trade bait right now. 
But at that four, Kamingas can, can step up. I look at, um, I like Kayvon Looney. It's a great no, center. No, I think Looney's That's going to open Looney's up more minutes for him there. Um, so I, you, when you look at where they're at and how they've got to kind of shift this, you bring in a winner in Chris Paul, a leader in Chris Paul, not a champion yet. But there is nobody, I think, in the NBA more hungry than Chris Paul. And so whatever he's got to do, if he's got to play third point guard, if he has to play, you'll come in and just spell some minutes. That's where he's at in this point. This point in his career, what thirty eight years old. We'll see. I mean, that's your opinion. I, I think that Draymond, if if it's not with, because keep in mind, there's there's some relationship probably there with Chris Paul and Draymond. Pretty sure Chris has Draymond has some respect, mutual respect. I'm gonna sit there and say I believe if it's not the Lakers, I believe Draymond comes back at a cheaper number. Because if you got Chris Paul and he can stay healthy, that's a big, 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 big if. You got, you know, Clay, which I think is kind of, you know, had a rough heat. You know, he had a rough postseason. But I think, you know, with, you know, Kaminga and all that, I, they might make a couple moves to help their death. But they right back in it can maybe challenge with the Nuggets. All right, well, we'll get back. We'll move over to the pigskin. We'll see what happens tonight in New York with the draft. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. I'm troubled. Last week messed around and got a triple double. Freaking brothers every way like MJ. I can't believe today was a good day. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. All right. Today's show was presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We've been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. 
uh, excuse me, yeah, Zing Zang. Texas summers can get hot. Yes, they are the hot as hell right now. But now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a hold and savory taste. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget to Zing Zang responsibly. All right, 87737-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving here um, to the NFL side here real quick. A couple things want to get to. I know we were heavy on the NBA uh, today with the trades and everything else. It probably. is their day. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I feel like just crowded championship it really needs to be early with the NFL day. We're in NFL mode, but I'm going to give the NBA their joke. They do. They making moves and noise and everything. Uh, but let's switch gears to the pigskin. There's a couple things that I wanted to uh, touch on. Uh, first off, we talked about it yesterday, uh, but it's official today. Tyreek Hill is officially going to be charged um, in this incident that happened on this boat or what have you, striking this man, assaulting this man. Um, I don't know. Do we know exactly what his charges are? Are they just assault charges? Is first degree, secondary, or have that not been released too much yet? I'll give you a few minutes to see if you can find that out. But the only thing I will say that is I think now officially, I mean, keep in mind under the policy with Roger Goodell, you really don't have to be charged or anything else for suspension or discipline. But I think in this particular incident, now that we actually have some charges filed, um, that there's going to be um, a situation where this is something to monitor whether this results in a suspension or missing of some games uh, going down the road. Um, that's just my opinion. We'll see exactly how this happens when it comes to that. Also, what do you got? Um, that he is interested uh, in pressing charges. Uh, they haven't been filed yet, um, but what he's being investigated for still is misdemeanor battery. Okay, well, I guess this has changed because CBS Sports earlier had it the fact that he's been charged. That he's that actually that he's going. Just, he's been charged. going off of again. Okay. Local, local ten the, uh, in in Florida in Miami, who was the um, source that had the initial report. Uh, well, of course they don't want his ass charged yet because they know that this could basically it could be just trying to kick the can down the truck. Not saying you're wrong, but at the end of the day, look. It, All I can go is off of the local news reporter, and then in South Florida, there in my in Miami, they're saying the victim wants to press charges as investigation into Tyree Kill continues. Um, you know, there's a there's a pretty nasty quote going around from the New York Post on this one. Uh-oh. You can take with post with what you want to, but he's allegedly caught on video telling the um, the person, "I can buy you and the boat." Um, you know, flexing his, his cash around. So, uh, it, it's an ugly situation. Misdemeanor battery is, uh, is, is what Local 10 is saying the charge would be. Um, that's what he's being investigated for. So... Um, I mean, New York Post is pretty credible. I mean, they, you know, they've got, I mean, New York Post, you know, places like that, the Wall Street Journal, I mean, they've got paid detective journalism on staff. So, I mean, if the Post is... Is reporting it. Uh, I'm not saying everything. They bat a thousand, but 
under the circumstances, I could see him saying that. I mean, because you think you're on the boat fishing, there has to be some alcohol involved. I mean, I, do, I don't really fish that much. I don't drink too much when I fish. But if you're on a yacht, D.C. fishing, and you're on vacation, and you're trying, you got to assume, maybe not. Maybe Tyreek doesn't drink. I don't know. You know, you would think he's a, he's, Bill, he's a world-class athlete, so maybe he's not drinking. So maybe that's unfair for me to assume that he's alcohol. But I'm just telling you, you don't want to assume, but I could hear him saying something like that. Which, again, it goes back to my original take from the open the show. The haves and the have-nots. And it doesn't really matter what type, what, what your skin pigmentation is either. And that's the reason why we have a tragedy that just happened in this country for the whole world to see that became memes uh, for the last 24 to 48 hours. And if you missed the early message, go to this podcast at sportsgrindonline.com. But we'll see how that goes. Now, you know a little bit more about this because I know you were looking at this and this was developing uh, kind of as we were getting off air yesterday. But... According to, and I'm not, and look, and the New York Post is more credible than this guy that I'm about to say, in my opinion. But according to RG3, Robert Griffith III, and I think he was doing an interview or something like that, um, he claims, and I'll let Jonas give me the details on this, but for what I'm hearing, he claims that the beef is not so much about the lack of involvement in offensive schemes. This is more involved in regards to the something with him and Josh Allen. Okay. Did RG3 elaborate or does he know exactly what this stems from or the friction that RG, I mean, excuse me, that Diggs has with Josh Allen? And again, We've talked, we've said this a few times over the last few days in this story since we've, you know, the whole missing of the OTAs. We know that basically there was a disagreement on the sideline during that Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo playoff game last year between Josh Allen and Diggs. And I think the reason why it got downplayed and well not downplayed but the reason why it didn't blow up as much of a story and it really wasn't a much a story of the offseason is because it's been so publicly um you know out there and publicized how good of a relationship josh and Diggs developed since Diggs showed up to buffalo so that's my opinion the reason why this has pretty much been under the radar all offseason and there wasn't more uh, detective journalism going on between these two relationships. But RG3, former player, works with the Four Litter Network now, have said some skeptical, sketchy things over the last couple years. That's why I'm going to take it as a grain of salt. But according to what you know about this and RG3, what is did he elaborate on this situation with what is really going on between uh, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen? He did. And his uh, his – interview was with rich eisen on the rich eisen show okay um and he was elaborating a little bit more um on this whole situation providing his input and what he's heard and it really kind of stems from you know yes you know when you look at the last season stefan diggs was targeted 60 more times in the next leading receiver in terms of targets not even catches targets on the buffalo bills okay but with the season on the line, it wasn't so much about the game plan. It was about the game execution. And he had an issue with the fact that an RG3, this is an RG3's report on the final drive that you know, or, or in, in, the, in the game that ended their season. And he was only targeted once as they were, tra- as they were trailing. And he didn't okay, feel so like let, he, was let, a, he was a much, having as much of a role or a part of the game plan from Josh Allen's standpoint wasn't looking his way 
and relying on his number one receiver, his top target. Oh my god, that okay? If that okay? Look, RG three is way more connected than I am with the NFL or will ever be. Okay, um, so I hate to kind of discredit. RG3's reporting, if that's what you call he's doing. But that sounds almost like that is a go-go gadget reach from a hearsay conversation or whatever RG3 basically got this information than anything. And maybe that's me talking because I really don't want to believe because I really feel like if that is true, that is so immature and childish and it will basically confirm what i always thought about Diggs, for the exceptions of he proved to me that he could be a legit number one receiver okay he can ball i can't take that away from him okay he can help any team out of 31 other teams win ball games okay but if that I gotta give Diggs the benefit on the down on that. I've gotta call bull crap on RG three. Like I, I, because I can buy into the lack. Because I really believe more the lack of voice in the offensive system, and I also believe the fact that when you showed up to the first offseason programs, and even before we got to mandatory mini camps, you looked at the playbook. I told you that's what happened to Devonte Adams. Besides the fact Devonte Adams feels like organization lied to him, and they did. They did. I will get Devontae Adams on the back. They did. They told you to come here. They painted you the picture. You're going to pay with cards. Y'all going to be able to build something, blah, blah, blah. And they shipped your ass out or shipped your guy's ass out in a calendar year. So, to me, this is more of Diggs looking at, like, Adams. Okay, well, you traded my quarterback a lot, but damn, where's the deep routes? Where's the deep post? Uh... Jimmy, I don't know where you've been, Adams. I mean, you got anybody play fantasy football next to you? Jimmy dinks and dunks, and he just wins. I've already told you I'm on record, and I'll double down on that. You, I'm gonna give you. I never hardly give fantasy football tips because I'm. I mean, I play in a couple leagues for the camaraderie. But let me give a tip for everybody: come June the 22nd early, okay? Because we're about a month and a half away, or two months almost from drafts. Devontae Adams, I don't care what pro football weekly, what fantasy football weeks, uh, what's that one guy, uh, the, the dude on ESPN is always fantasy football, show, whatever this guy's name is. I don't care what they say. Devontae Adams' numbers are going to, they're going to dip this year. They're going to dip. Because I believe with Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> when he's ready, when he's healthy or whatever, okay, when he's healthy, he doesn't have the vertical game what Devontae Adams is used to from Aaron Rodgers, what he got with Derek Carr. And if you're not winning, that's going to add up, and he's going to implode that locker room. I'm on the record. You heard me say it June 22nd. And if they go on to win the division or they go and play playoffs, say, well, I guess I was wrong. I guess Josh can't really coach and keep the ship together, but I'm not worried about that. Okay, because I tell you already, it's an L week one. They already going to start 0-1, so it's going to get testy in general. But you mean this is more – for RG, that is so childish, man. I, I think Diggs – I have to give Diggs the benefit of the doubt that he's beyond that because I have to believe more this is about probably saying, well, damn, 
We running the game. We run the ball that much. We didn't took that play out. We taking this play out. Do I need to go play with Dayball in New York? Do I need to basically say I want to get traded to the Giants to my former offensive coordinator because we've got like we're running on first and second down? I would basically go eat, lean more to that than this is a guy in the heat of the moment with a trip to the AFC championship game on the line. You're trying to win. And, and the one thing, look, I'm no big lover of Josh Allen. I told you he's on a quicker path to Dan Marino than he is Tom Brady or Joe Montana. But the point I'm trying to make is this guy wants to win. Josh Allen's going to do sacrifice his body, do whatever he can to win. And you mean to tell me you think purposely, if RG3 is telling the truth, you mean to tell me personally, personally, Stefan Diggs has a, in the heat of saying that you ain't looking for me more. You supposed to be my boy. We play Call of Duty together and you ain't throwing my way. No, Diggs. It's about the fact of what the play's being called and what the defenses are going to do. Cincinnati had a good scheme for y'all. That's just what it is. That's why I think RG3, I don't know about this, man. I'm, I'm questioning RG3's reporting on this because that don't make sense. That, that sounds bogus to me. That I believe the offensive input, if it's that, uh, I believe it has something to do in the direction they're going. And I also believe it's the fact that Diggs is looking at his numbers. Maybe there's some bonuses in there. But this is a guy that's about to make $24 million a season. And you mean to tell me, even if that's a situation that heated the game, Six, we're about to be six months later, seven months later, getting ready for this. And you still look, nobody carries grudges like me. I carry grudges. If you piss me and that's not good, maybe I need to get more right. Maybe I need to basically be somewhere on Sundays instead of at home to get that out of my heart. But I carry grudges. But even me, you can't move on six months after that. That you still in a championship like, man, you're mad because you didn't throw it to me, man. You didn't look at me and I'm supposed to be your number one guy. That sounds corny. That's why I'm, I'm looking at this is, I don't know about that with RG3. And if that is the truth, and it does come out that's the case, I will apologize. I'm like, well, I guess RG was right. Then I will really lay in on Diggs and say, you know what? That is terrible. Do you believe that? Can that does that even sound right to you? And just this is based off. Now, if they didn't have a good close relationship, maybe I would see it. I can't see that when you know that you're one of the three teams that are really a Super Bowl contender. It's one thing to have handshakes and with, with all the different players and everything. And Josh Allen was, you know, famous last year for knowing all the twenty different handshakes he has with everybody on offense. But I can believe it, Cal. Wow! Because it was two years ago we saw a wide receiver bring his father in to compile an edit of times that he wasn't targeted or wasn't seen on a on, on routes on a football field. Another prima donna receiver. So I can believe that uh, uh, somebody who's already got the bag can be as so egotistical as to say, hey, but when we, I don't care if I'm triple covered. I'm down there. It, to, to take the Kyler Murray to D-hop, I'm down there somewhere. I'm your guy. If we go down, let it go down because I didn't catch the ball, not because you didn't throw it to me. So I could see him doing this. Is it right? No, because it breaks the locker room. Now you've got, the, like you said, when, when this fir- the, the story first broke, now instead of focusing on one goal, and that's getting past Cincinnati and Kansas City in, in, in an AFC championship game, because it's going to, should be one of those two. Everything plays out as the way it's played out the last two years. 
So it should be there. Instead of that, now we're wondering, oh, well, now the, all the attention, the media attention, uh, radio host up there in Buffalo's attention, uh, national media attention, and even, even your coaches, and now your quarterback. You're putting this into your quarterback's head that I'm not targeting you enough? Okay. And that could cost you some games because he's going to – because to keep his guy happy – to keep Stephon Diggs happy, now he's gonna he's gonna maybe start throwing into into situations where he shouldn't, and that's not that's not necessarily impacting Diggs's bag anymore. That's gonna come back on Josh Allen. Josh Allen cleaned things up. He's the we we talk about the completion percentage climb. We talk about the you know the cutting down on the turnovers, uh, at least the interception part. The fumbles are a whole other story, uh, but the interception part. When you start forcing situations, that's when your completion percentage goes down and your interceptions go up. So it's a bad thing, but can I see it happening? Yes, because we've already seen this play out before. <sighs> um, well, I, 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 I hear you, man, but I just don't. I mean, I go back to the history of the game. Um, and yes, everybody knows that wide receivers are divas. If you're going to get to the level in Sundays in the NFL, you've got to have a little cockiness diva in you at the at the wide receiver position. With that said, if I look at the history of the game, I would go. Let's just go back to the poster child of one that really just put his emotions out there and laid them out there for everybody to see. And Terrell Owens. I don't – even with Terrell Owens, because, you know, hey, crying, that's my quarterback, man, with Tony Romo on the whole deal. T- T- we've seen blow-ups with T on the sideline. Hey, give me the ball. Keyshawn Johnson, throw me – he wrote a book. Throw me – give me the damn – throw me the damn ball. Even with those guys, I don't see in a playoff game with a strong relationship with their quarterback, I don't really see any of those guys, hand, you know – holding a grudge that long and putting the onus on the quarterback because you're not looking my way or I'm your number one guy. And even if incentives involved in it, uh, we're talking about a championship on the line. And remember I told you like yesterday, and we'll end on this note because we're out of time for the day, a lot of guys say they really want to win a title and win a Super Bowl. But when things like this merge, and it's if it is true and it's about that, you ain't telling the truth. If this is true, then Diggs ain't really winning the Super Bowl ain't his priority, in my opinion. If this is true, but I'm gonna wait till we get more information come out because when camp starts, they're gonna have to start talking, and we'll find out really what happened. People do a little bit more digging. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, and before you're out the rack, just. Ask yourself, you grind in peace. See y'all tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. 